Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, Section 6, Chapter 66. He experiences a wonderful ecstasy. During Philip's frequent prayers, he was able to keep his mind concentrated, fixed on God and the things of God, so that as we have already noted, he was forced to avert his thoughts from the divine in order to avoid ecstasies. It was easier for Philip to be wrapped to God and experience the divine than it is for those of us in whom the fire of the Holy Spirit has grown cold to concentrate on mundane matters. He was often observed to be beside himself while praying or saying mass, as if his body might well be present, but his soul was already in heaven. Several of us saw him on many occasions, even when he was already old, standing on the tips of his toes while elevating the sacred host in the usual manner. Many others saw him wrapped out of himself while he was praying. It was in that same year that the fathers of the friary at Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, whose superior at the time was Angelo Diacetti, were keeping the devotion of the 40 hours about some important matter within the enclosure of their house. Philip was present at the devotion and was praying in a hidden corner, joining himself with God and quite wrapped out of himself. He became like a stone, though still appearing to look at the Blessed Sacrament with his eyes opened and a joyful countenance. Somebody noticed this. And they ran to him, finding that the vital heat had all but left his body. They called on him by name to come to himself and touched him with their hands. All was in vain. He heard nothing, moved not at all, felt nothing. They guessed what had happened and so carried him between them to a nearby cell though he was like a dead man, quite without sensation. Here they left him, until they saw that he had come to himself, all joyful with ecstasy. Then Angelo Diacetti questioned him, as did Brother Felice of Castelfranco, from the same community, about what had happened to him. He yielded to their requests and said, with gentle modesty, my good fathers, the Lord has heard your prayers in his kindness. Not content with this answer, they insisted that he should explain everything, to which he finally had to concede. While I was praying, Christ showed himself to me and blessed those around him with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. 
Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, choicest of priests, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in the Monstrance puts the host at about the same height as when the priest elevates the host at Mass. When the priest elevates the host, shows the host the congregation, and we call out in our hearts in the words of St. Thomas the Apostle, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. That moment of adoration when the body of Christ comes down upon our altar, when the bread is transformed, changed, transubstantiated into the body of Christ. At that moment, Christ is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, as he is now in heaven. Where his body is, because now he's alive in heaven, there his soul is, there his divinity is. So Christ becomes present as he is now. And where is he now? At the right hand of the Father, glorified. And so the Eucharist, which we receive at Mass, is the glorified, risen Christ, from whose fullness we are all received, grace upon grace. And that moment of adoration, that moment of adoring Christ at Mass, is prolonged, as it were, in the monstrance. The monstrance literally comes from a Latin word means to show. It's like a golden sun with a glass case in the middle in which we put the Holy Eucharist so that we can be made more present to him. In the Holy Eucharist, in the monstrance, we are drawn closer to Christ and we experience, and many of you have experiences in going to adoration, not just in a tabernacle, but in a monstrance, there's a sense in which we are more present to him. He's as present to us in the tabernacle and the monstrance, but when he's exposed, there's some profound graces that are given that allow us to be drawn closer to him. And this is what St. Philip was taking part in. He was taking part in 40 straight hours of Eucharistic exposition in memory of the 40 hours that Christ was in the tomb. He died at 3 p.m. on Good Friday, nine hours, then 24 hours of Saturday. And then if he's raised up around 7 a.m., you get 40 hours from his death until his resurrection. And that began to be in the 1500s, remembered by 40 straight hours of exposition of the Blessed Sacrament. And this period of prayer, St. Philip loved. He introduced it to Rome as a layman. He got priests to help him. He organized all the people coming so our Lord would never be alone. And he would stay there sometimes the whole time. He had great faith in this devotion. He had great faith in the power of the, our Lord exposed in the blessed and the monstrance to draw people to a greater awareness of himself. 
And on this occasion, they were doing it very, for a very specific purpose. And St. Philip went into his ecstasy. What is an ecstasy? Well, Thomas Aquinas explains it in this way. The soul only has so much attention. Okay, the soul which directs, unites, keeps the whole body together, all the operations of the body. And when our minds, our souls are so fixed on a certain object, then the, it's as though the soul can't keep its full attention in all the aspects of the body. And so there's a kind of suspension of the senses. We can't focus on what's around us because we're so fixed on God in this case. In a particular way, the soul is lifted up into a greater union with God, almost taken out of the body, somehow caught up as it were, almost in heaven itself. And it just cannot keep its attention on all the happenings of the body. And so the body becomes less responsive. And in this case of St. Philip, it was an incredible ecstasy because he became like a stone. He couldn't feel anything, he couldn't hear anything. Why? Because his attention was so fixed on God. And in that moment, Christ appeared to him and blessed him. But that same Christ who blessed Philip, the same Christ that he saw, is present in every tabernacle of the world. He's present in every monstrance of the world. We may not be able to see him, but there, veiled, as it were, under the form of bread, is the same risen, glorified Christ. So let us love Christ in the Mass. Let the Mass be the center and source, the summit of our whole lives. But then outside of Mass, we want to enkindle ourselves with love for Christ. We want to join ourselves to him in the Eucharist, in the tabernacle, in the monstrance. If we can't go there in person, to go there in spirit. To go be with him who loves us. It so helps us to pray when we put ourselves before the Blessed Sacrament. And there, we can talk to him about everything. We can talk to him about our, our plans, our worries. We can talk to him about all the things that are going on. We can be alone with him. We can meditate on him. We can spend time with him. For he said, I am with you always, even until the end of time. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.